You're listening to the Nerd Couple Show. Settling nerd couple arguments from fandoms to the unfathomable, one episode at a time. Here's your hosts, Jen Page and John Curtis. You know how to love me like a nerd. Good morning, nerds. nerds. On today's show, we'll talk about the big new releases. This week, it's Top Gun, Maverick, and Kenobi. Hello there. A documentary Robin Williams fans must watch. First up in Nerd Couple Argument, is Disney rehashing of old IP making our TV lives more fun, or is it a wave of unoriginal and lazy programming? <laughs> It's time for a nerd couple argument. Oh, I love a juicy nerd couple fight, Mr. J. So once again, John being dumb started a nerd couple fight. It's not dumb to bask in the glory of yet another Star Wars show. (laughs) Star Wars and Marvel Cinematic Universe are basically keeping the streaming channels afloat. Look, one of my favorite shows on Disney Plus is The Mighty Ducks, Rehashed. I love High School Musical, Musical, the series, Mm -hmm. Rehash. I love all of the Marvel and Star Wars, but it's Rehash. Mm-hmm. And they've even put some really bad stinkers out, too. Yeah, like uh, Turner and Hooch? More like Turn Around and Scooch! That's so wait, bad. Wait for a pause. That was terrible. <laughs> and they aren't the only ones guilty of it. I know, it's true. Do we need another Star Trek? Yes. My question, though, is where are the original ideas? And if we keep watching these things, then we're just falling into their hands and we're never going to get something new and unique. It's a supply and demand thing. I swear to God, if people keep watching it, they're going to keep doing it. No one... It's, I think everyone kind of agrees with your sentiment and then doesn't care. Because <laughs> like, uh, there's so much stuff. Yet another show. I'm going to tune in and watch. Okay, so here's the thing. I can't not watch. Like, yeah. I love them. But I'm also really over shows that are very clever and unique and original on networks being canceled. And then... That makes people like Disney and whoever, Paramount Plus, all these people who are doing these old IPs and rehashing them, it's going to never go away. They're never going to give us something unique, ever. I agree. Can you name one unique Disney Plus show? One that's not a rehashed IP? I can't. Nothing's coming to mind. But (sighs) let me ask you this. How many reaction videos have you seen of people watching Raising Dion? Okay, so Raising Dion was Netflix, right? Yes. And Netflix has been giving us some original stuff. They gave us Raising Dion. They gave us Stranger Things. There's some other stuff that I'm probably forgetting. But it doesn't... You shouldn't need a reaction. There's this whole churning media world that revolves around these huge intellectual properties, okay? Yeah, but they're they're basking on your nostalgia. Okay, don't get me wrong. I love Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai is one of my favorite shows. (laughs) But they're basking on nostalgia. I would, I think it'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who doesn't have Karate Kid nostalgia who loves the show like we do. Yeah, I know. And honestly, I, why did all this nostalgia stuff start with the 80s? <laughs> because we're all like the no, first. I, I know. I'm agreeing with you on that. Because look at Leave it to Beaver, okay? Why didn't the network say 20 years later, say, the Beaver Boys are grown up. Let's, let's make that show and see well, people I don't think flock the to it. Beaver it was... Boys were even interesting. <laughs> but a whole generation of people loved that show. It was like the number one show because in the world. Because they had nothing else to watch. They I know. had four channels. And they still had those same four channels 20 years later when those Beaver Boys... <laughs> I don't think I can keep saying Beaver Boys with a straight face. No, anything that has been rehashed is absolutely from 80s and 90s because anything before that, either it doesn't work or the fan base for it is too old. Like they keep rehashing Star Trek in a way that's like they're trying to make it fresh and new and unique. But how do you, like MASH, 
How do you read that? Doesn't work with mash because there there were no like young people or babies that would grow up to eventually that you would love. But Brady Bunch, Marsha, why didn't there? Why wasn't there a show because twenty Brady years Bunch later? Like Marsha, Marsha, Marsha show because it's not good. I mean, I'm sorry, those shows are not good. The Brady Bunch no, was amazing. It was not amazing. Are you kidding? Go watch it now. Watch it now. I dare you to watch it today. I, I used to watch the reruns all the time. That's how I'm aware. Nerds, you love the Brady Bunch, yes. Okay, so how many times do you sit down to watch The Brady Bunch? How many times do you seek out to watch The Brady Bunch? If there was an, if a rerun somewhere floating around cable TV right well, now. because you would take that time to watch something Star Wars. Huh. Okay, if I'm in a hotel room and my we're channel point, surfing. Here's what my point is. My point is I don't think that people, in the 80s, we became obsessed with collecting things. We started collecting garbage pail kids. We started collecting cabbage uh, patch dolls. We started collecting jacks. Like we started collect, like we were heavy collectors in the '80s. The '80s was a boom of a lot of stuff, music videos. There's a, just, just something that happened in the '80s that switched yeah. how we do things and how we how we take things in. Yeah. And we're nostalgic people, and that's why they can prey on our nostalgia to make more stuff. That's true. Wait, you would watch like. A Gilligan's Island. I would not watch a Gilligan's I, Island reboot unless, of course, they made it more modern and hip. And okay, fan, we are watching a Fantasy Island reboot and we're liking it. Yeah, and that's legacy. And that's, that's like a '70s show, yep. I think. The best part of that show for me is not the procedural aspect of it; it's the legacy aspect. Oh, I of it. agree. It's her being the granddaughter, like, or try, the yeah, like the, all the mystery around who the Ricardo person. Montalban. Yeah, I agree completely. So, anyway. Is it lazy? Yes. Is it unoriginal? Yes. Are we going to still keep watching? Absolutely. But when am I going to get original programming? <laughs> like when Disney Plus, when are you going to give me something that's like Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist? That's like the big leap. That's like. Uh, You're going to keep getting your original content every now and then. And it's going to be ripped away from you after one season. And it's going to make you rage like you've never raged before. Because all of you guys only watch old IP <laughs> and pop shows, apparently. Well, tell people to start making reaction videos of Zoe's amazing, extraordinary playlist. <laughs> Our nerds are chiming in. Hafuga says there was a Beaver reboot in the 90s. It died fast. Shut up. Because those aren't interesting to watch. We want more gritty stuff. Like even Fresh Prince, they went gritty with the reboot. But wait a minute. Was it a reboot so they were trying to make the show again for modern audience? Because that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the same guys that played the Beaver Boys Actually, with their own families now. But that's people not, would it, flock to that. It's not interesting. <laughs> It's not, that content is not interesting. And I'm going to, I'm going to, Hefugu's other comment is going to prove my point. Okay. He said they tried to reboot Doogie Hauser. How did that go? The reason that didn't go well is because they didn't make it raw. They made it for basically kids and families. Yeah. Had they made it gritty, we would have all watched it. Because the original Doogie was pretty gritty, right? It actually was gritty for its time. If you look back at it, there's some storylines that are really jacked up. <laughs> oh, like him being basically like that older doctor, like taking her clothes yeah. off or whatever for him. Like, yeah, things that wouldn't fly now. <laughs> well, back in the 80s, uh, okay. Uh, uh, Adrian says, I remember loving it as a kid. Oh, talking about uh, Brady Bunch. I remember loving it as a kid, but I have not watched a Brady Bunch as an adult because it's not interesting. You're not going to use your time now with all this stuff on TV to watch something that's not interesting. And Well, I agree that if you try to redo the Brady Bunch today, blended families is old news. But if you had the original actors that were the youngest Brady's, 
And they have their own families now. And you- we're not. We're. I'm sorry. I'm sure they're lovely people. We're not interested in that. I we're just disagree. Not. The best you could ask for is like a two-hour movie event. That's all you're going to get. You're not going to get people to watch it every week. I'll take it. Tanya disagrees with me. She says, how can you not love Beaver? And they did do a Beaver rehash, as he mentioned. And I don't even remember that happening. So that's yeah. how it didn't work. But like I said, reboot, no. Legacy, yes. I'm just over not having something original to watch. That all said, we are going to get into all the rehashing that we watched this week and we loved. Speaking of legacy stuff. <laughs> right before we move on, I just want to read our one last comment from okay. Brian. He says, I feel like the only good candidates for reboots are the shows that have a cult following. So he says Gilligan's Island um, or Leave it to Beaver are good shows, but they don't have a cult following. Whereas Kenobi or Star Wars, people are obsessed. Like, that- look at Harry Potter could have a series as well we would live by because all of our wardrobe is Harry Potter and Star Wars. Vision. Have you seen the kids? We we should probably just change subjects. Top Gun Maverick. Go! So after more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Maverick Mitchell, Tom Cruise, is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement and rank that would ground him. Mm -hmm. Training a detachment of graduates for a special assignment, Maverick must confront the ghosts of past and his deepest fears, culminating in a mission that demands the ultimate sacrifice from those who choose to fly it. Spoiler, there are planes in this movie. There are planes, and there's fast flying. (laughs) One of the best parts about the movie actually is that you, I mean, Tom Cruise has a pilot license specifically for this, right? Like for this, the way that you see the flying in the the GoPros, I couldn't tell what was real flying versus green screen. They were, I think based on the- They can't all really be flying. Do they only get actors who could have pilot license? No, you didn't see the mini docu that came out before the movie? Of course I didn't see the mini docu. I don't watch spoilers. All those actors train in fighter jets months and months before actually filming. Do they have pilot license? Like they actually flew in the air themselves? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. But no, but they were filmed in those jets. My whole point is it's that good that we could fight over whether or not they're really flying or not. Like this is- Top-notch filmmaking. Um, Back in the 80s, the original Top Gun, we were blown away by the dogfights, okay? And I thought, oh, this is going to be a little dated. uh, But no, I was wrong. The action sequences in the air blew me away. Well, here's the thing. And you're holding your breath through them, and you're with them, and here's why. Joseph Kaczynski, I applaud you because you directed this movie like a woman. This movie had so much heart, so much emotion. There was never a time that we were doing action for action. Everything had a point. Every person had stakes. Every person had vulnerability in their eyes in every shot. Just talking about it, now my heart is tingling. There is a moment in this movie where Tom Cruise is experiencing some turmoil and sadness. And I thought they accomplished what they set out to do in the script. But then the camera cuts to Jennifer Connelly adding this cherry on top of the moment where she's looking at him concerned. I I was blown away by the emotional throughput. I would call this Tom Cruise's best performance to date. The moment where he's in, here's the spoiler person if you didn't know, giving you a second to walk away. (laughs) Iceman is back. And that moment with Tom Cruise, I didn't know. I avoid previews. And I'm respectful of people who who avoid previews. He's in the room with Val Kilmer, Tom Cruise, Val Kilmer, acting there just this moment. And the camera's not moving. And it's just on Tom Cruise in a close-up. And he's owning this performance. And just like, look, I'm like getting teary-eyed remembering it. Because it was No, but Tom, but I'm just saying, like, he let himself, he, Tom Cruise is a great actor. I've always loved him. Jerry Maguire is one of my top five movies of all time. Tom Cruise went to places in this movie that I feel he's never gone to 
in a vulnerable, emotional way. He just led him, led us all into this. And it was, I'm literally tearing up if you're listening well, to this on the podcast. This is how much I've been moved by his performance. He's a legend in his own right. But I think, don't you think maybe he's coming to terms with some mortality stuff as well? I mean, he's, Probably, yeah. he's north of 60, right? I mean, I'm 45 and I think about that. I'm getting my his stuff in the line. His relationship with Iceman in the first movie we loved it, okay? His relationship in this movie, those two men are confronting issues that go beyond yeah. the movie. Yeah. Right on the head. If you, yeah, if you saw the movie, uh, documentary Val about Val Kilmer and what he's experiencing in, re- in real life, they incorporate all that stuff into this movie and it's gosh damn beautiful, man. Hiya, yay! Tom, Tom Cruise is 59 years old. <laughs> oh, not north of 60 yet, but... He doesn't matter. Dude, he still looks younger than us. Yeah, dude is, dude is ripped. <laughs> Dude's running shirtless oh on the beach God. again. And, Wait, here's what I was actually thinking during the movie. I was like, I was waiting for you to stop eating the popcorn and hand it back to me. Yeah. So oh, many no, ripped, no. Ripped. I actually had that thought. <laughs> when I saw them on the beach, all these, you know, ripped tone <laughs> pilots... I'm like, I ate way too much popcorn. I'm done. <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to hand yeah, this to me. Yeah, no, I had that um, thought in my head. Hafugu actually confirmed, too, that they were actually in the jets as they were flying. Yeah. Blows my mind. That actually makes me want to watch it again when it comes out. I, I would see that again, 100%. And I don't usually watch movies again. So um, <laughs> one of the best lines in the movie was uh, Tom Cruise right in the beginning. He was talking to his superior, and he's like, I just want to manage expectations. That is the notion I carried into this movie because I checked Rotten Tomatoes and it was like 97% approval by critics, 99% approval by audience. So I'm like, manage my expectations. It's not going to be that good. It was better. I also want to give shout out to one other actor who I've never really been that much of a fan of. He started, he's been winning me over in the offer. This is also Miles Teller's best performance ever. Miles Teller, is it a spoiler to say who he played? It might be a mini spoiler, so I want to hold your ears okay. for two seconds. So I'll seconds. just hold off on that. But Miles Teller killed. We will have a title card when the spoilers are over. <laughs> yes. We had some good nerd feedback. We're incorporating. So Miles <laughs> Teller plays the son of Goose. Yes. And he, at, at first, I, he wasn't winning me over. I was annoyed by the mustache. And I was, and I think that it was like the sort of surface level thing happening, like just like regular, like I'm going to be angry. But somewhere that flipped and the vulnerability that he had for the rest of the movie. Yeah. And the relationship that he builds with Tom Cruise. One of the best things about the movie is I had this expectation of how it was going to go and a certain character's fate. But I, w- I, was, I was just wrong. They turned it into a scenario that was even better than my expectation. Yes. Terry says, yes, I agree with everything you're saying about Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have more exciting shows, new One premieres. thing I want to say, oh, though, okay. I, I hope this Top Gun, Maverick, will do for a new generation what Top Gun, the original, did for our generation. I, that it's I, special, that you have to watch it whenever it's on TV, that it's... I think this is going to go back to our previous conversation. <sighs> I think most of the people who wanted to watch this are from the 80s who liked the original. And you know what? As we were growing up, we didn't have streaming services where we could watch anything yep. on demand. It was a special thing if it was on cable or TV. And we had to watch it. I mean, look at Harley. She, I would say you, you like Miles Teller, yes? I've liked him since Divergent. You guys have been sleeping on him since Divergent. I, I didn't. I just even, never, never liked him. He always he always kind of annoyed me in everything he did. I'm sorry, Miles. You did, but you won me over. So now we can be friends, right? But uh, I thought he was a spot on son. But for- that's, not, that's not my point. My point is we could not get her to go to Top Gun. She had no interest. 
But I do want to say, this reminds me that there was this little girl. She was like maybe, maybe nine in her little dress. And she's walking out of the theater and she looks to her mom and she goes, that was a really good movie. <laughs> I, I love that. So if we could get Harley to I actually thought of you in the middle of the movie too. I was like, I think Harley might actually sit I, through this. I don't like action movies like that. The only type of action movies that I like are ones that are like fantasy based. Avengers, Harry Potter, or whatever. Like they have to be fantasy based. But you never saw the original 80s Top Gun? No, I haven't seen it. I think it would be fun if you watched that just to see. I don't, but see, the thing is, I don't know if she would be, the 80s Top Gun is much slower and there's, it's not as, I think she would like the new one because of all of the stellar acting, the vulnerability, the action isn't just for action. sake. But if she watched the 80s ones first. I disagree. She doesn't, she's not going to like the first. If she watched the first one first. It's not going to do anything for her. It would give more weight to the second one. But it's going to make her not want to see the second one because the first one is not the same. It Mm. doesn't have the same heaviness, the same like emotionality. that's another thing, though, is that in the 80s when you guys were growing up with Top Gun or 16 Candles, things like that, like the acting, no offense, wasn't like as amazing as it is now. So my generation especially has higher standards for <laughs> acting. <laughs> and like I it's can true. Watch, I agree with her. Well, I can watch Breakfast Club. I can watch 16 Candles. I can watch Ferris Bueller, but they're not going to hold any other weight besides like, oh, I watched that when I was a kid. It's not like, oh my God, I love this moment in this movie that you just watch them to watch them. You know what I mean? Which actually right. says a lot that she likes The Godfather because for yeah. me that's slow and I can't watch it, but she liked it. I didn't love it for any other reason than it was like, it's a very interesting movie to watch because it's very slow because they take their time. Like there's a scene where he's just walking down a hallway for about 30 seconds. Oh, he walks no, but the it, there's a reason and the yeah. filmmaking is brilliant. The they storytelling. It. it makes it feel real. It doesn't make things feel rushed. It feels like you're looking in on a family. You know what I mean? Like he's walking down the hall for 30 seconds, talks on the phone, I think, and then it walks all the way back down. It's just one shot of a hallway. It's just very interesting to me, especially as like a filmmaker, like mm-hmm. from that perspective. Hafugu is uh, backing up why I may not like him. He says, Miles usually plays the bad guy or the annoying yeah. guy. So it's understandable yeah. you would not like him. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, he's and blowing ha- up now. Actually, Jason has a great point. He says, Harley's generation likes YouTube and TikTok over actual films. That's not true. Well, but but you, you would sit there and flip through TikTok for probably hours. Or well, you have YouTube on your TV almost all the time. Well, yeah, because I'm watching... I'm listening to a podcast or I'm, you know, watching a tutorial video. Like, it's it's different. But, but I feel like it's more on in your life. Very like true. Like, the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial has been on constantly for you. And I'm yeah. like, no, I need to watch all my shows and my movies. Mm-hmm. He's, just, like, he's not putting you down. He's no, just saying, like, it's a different time. I'm just saying, like, I also grew up with movies. Like, I think you guys have this notion, like, just because we grew up in the social media age, that's all we know. I, for the first probably, I know it doesn't sound like much, but like 11, 10 years of my life was playing outside, watching movies, like doing the things that you guys did as kids. Like I played with the jump rope thing you put around your leg and you skip it, the skip rope, whatever. Oh yeah. It, like, it, it was different though, because we would ride around neighborhoods and, and be out or hot, trick or treat at night by ourselves. That was never something you were allowed to do. I never trick or treated by myself, but that's because one, I live in LA and it's <laughs> not safe here. It's one thing if you're like in Illinois and you're in a small town. I don't think it was town. ever safe. I think our parents were just 
Dumb. Dumb. <laughs> well, love you, you mom. Guys, love you, mom. You guys also did put tinfoil around your soda cans thinking that they would do anything. So. I, which I actually did for his can of uh, sparkling water we brought to the theater for fun, for yeah. funnies. I put foil around it. Sorry, AMC. I will finish this off by uh, Jason says, Harley is definitely an outlier compared to others in her generation. I would say that's true. Yes. Okay, move on. Can you believe they said that? Ronald, I agree with them. It's completely mental. Sorry about him. Carry on. The Jedi Master contends with the consequences of his greatest defeat, the downfall and corruption of his one-time friend and apprentice, Anakin Skywalker, who turned to the dark side as evil Sith Lord Darth Vader. And it's called Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, it's like they were just like, we're just going to call it his name. <laughs> Like a, if you're just listening, you have to look at just John's face. I will say this. A slower burn in, in the first part of the two-part premiere episodes. If you have not watched and you do not want any oh. spoilers, just turn off now. Because turn off. This is a big spoiler. Come back to this later. Once, yeah. There's a big one here. We need to talk about I it. I do not want to spoil this for you. Once again, okay. we will have a title card up at the end of the spoilers. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, first off, I just want to say that Ewan McGregor is the only man on the planet that can be that scraggly and jacked up and still be beautiful. <laughs> Not even you can do it, babe. I, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, I love me some Ewan. I love me some Ewan in whatever form he takes. The young <laughs> ponytailed Padawan or this scruffy looking guy. I... It's funny is I never, okay, I've always liked his, Hugh McGregor. You know, we always like Obi-Wan. I wasn't sure what I was going to think about this series because to me, Obi-Wan's always felt more like a side character, not like a main character. Really? Yes, yeah. Like he's the one that pushes Luke along or whatever, right? He's the one who pushes Anakin along. Like he's not really the main focus. Okay. I think where- He doesn't even speak that much. There were six seasons of Clone Wars mm -hmm. that aired and I've been watching him at the gym again. That, that show it in and of itself catapults Obi-Wan Kenobi into like- he is a star Jedi. Like, he okay. is a legendary force in, in the Star Wars universe. For the most of us who don't watch mm. the cartoons. <laughs> or no, it. most of us do. No, most of us do not. The most of the world that watches Star Wars do not watch the cartoons. The yeah. cartoons are for, like, super, super uber fans like yourself. Mm. So the casual fans, like, say, Harley, she's not going to watch the cartoons. Mm. I am not going to watch the cartoons, and I'm more than a casual fan. I'm a little less than a casual fan. <laughs> I don't know, nerds. Anyway, that's not the argument we're getting into right yes. now. There's no arguing over this. There's no, no argument. We both loved this. <laughs> there was a moment I almost, we, we actually have it on camera. I almost showed you guys, but there's a moment where John and I are sitting there watching uh -huh. and the, the show. The, okay. And you, no, but you start to see, I'm going to describe this moment because you didn't, I should have showed you, you haven't seen it. Okay. You start to see our breath get really heavy. And then like, we start to like kind of have open mouths, half smiles. We're like, is this? Is this happening? Yes. Is this happening? Yes. And it turns out that we are going to get to watch through this series, Leia Young, at like nine, ten, ten, years, old. ten, years, ten old. years old. Oh, God. Okay. Writing and this. I, and I'm going to also say, we can stop watching Kenobi in my mind and start watching the new Leia series. I want to watch her from here <laughs> through when she grows up, through the moment that she gives R2 that chip. I want to see all of those. Yes. Years. <laughs> I would watch. Tw that's like 20 seasons, right? I'm down. Disney, hear me. I would watch that show. 
for however many seasons you you have to do to get her to put that chip into R2-D2. So on top of like the stellar writing for this young Leia and her introduction to us in, in the world of Alderaan, the casting of little Leia oh is my God. off the charts. Oh my God. Good. Uh, Vivian Lyra Blair is her name. Vivian? She was also in Bird Box. Oh, is she the daughter of Sandy? I guess so, Sandy? Yeah. Um, This girl's life has, she doesn't even understand how much her life has just changed. I was talking about this last night. It's so funny because you know how like bit characters on in the Star Wars universe, they could be like the, the something happened to the Jedi in Kenobi, another Jedi, right? He will, will not be appearing again. So that actor can go to Comic Cons and appear there and sign autographs for the rest of his life. This young actress could not be in any more Kenobis and she could do Comic-Cons for the rest of her life. I actually hope her parents are prepared for what's happening because it's going to be like the Potter kids where she's not going to be able to go anywhere without being mobbed. And like, I would be though, if I saw her, I would want to be out there and like, oh my God, you are so good. Like, and I'm a yeah. grown adult. <laughs> like, who, who's a director who understands that you don't do that? I, I know it was written in a way that- No, but you know, that could be ruined. It does, like the writing is great, but you, this girl is the reason it works. Yeah, yeah. She is a little adult. I even love the line where he's like, how old are you? Because <laughs> yeah. she's so incredible. And the funny thing is, I hope we're going to get to see Luke because I already we already know he's going to be a complete opposite. He's going to be kind of goofy and dorky and not right. feel as like, she is goddamn magical. <laughs> One of the lines that she says, first of all, for actors to do like under your breath lines, it's a little bit of a trick. <laughs> Hugh and McGregor says, okay, here's the story. I'm your dad. You're my daughter. And she goes under her breath. She goes, or granddaughter. <laughs> and I couldn't believe she pulled it off. It was hilarious and cute and something a 10-year-old, like, what? I, I also was talking about this last night because we watched the second episode. This child has not lived on this earth long enough to realize the impact of the character that she is playing. Yeah. Like, she probably will never understand how much her the character- actress. Vivian. Yeah. She will not understand how much gravity she has right now. Like, she is playing a character that millions are obsessed with. Especially women like myself, who, like, that was the first strong woman character that I ever related to, ever pretended to be when I played make-believe. Like, I've grown up with this. And then as, as, as General Organa became in our world of Star Wars, just even more gravity of how important she was mm-hmm. and the love that she brings. And then the son that she's bringing into the world. There's so much. This is how it's going to happen. That little 10-year-old girl is going to be approached by a woman in our demographic, and that woman is going to cry to her. Yeah. And she's going to realize, wow, this is really important. I don't think she'll really know. I hope that, but that's my point, is I hope that her parents are prepared for what's going to happen because it's going to be insanity for probably the rest of her life, but especially during this series. Yes. Also, can we talk about the fact that the show is called Kenobi, and we're not talking about Obi Wan Kenobi. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I it's like go... the book of Boba Fett, you know, and like yeah, <laughs> other things happen. Part two, the poor Mandalorian this... just overshined by Grogu completely. Yeah, exactly. It's the Grogu show. This is Disney, though. They're they're just they're intertwining everything in a way that just makes us want more and more and more. Hafuka says, I don't like that Obi Wan steals slabs of desert ray steaks from his job. Seems totally out of character. Completely in character. No. I disagree, my friend, because he's stealing it 
for his animal. That's all love. And it's not like he's stealing a whole slab of steak. Yeah. And plus he's stealing it from a guy who's a jerk who steals from his workers. Ooh. But also, when he was doing that, I was kind of like, is he really stealing? Because it's not like he's hiding it. He's doing it. Uh, in the, he's yeah. absolutely hiding it. Just because he packages it doesn't mean he's hiding it. He puts it on the table, put, folds it up, puts it in a pocket. Yeah, it's like, all calm and... You're not going to put a slab I, of meat I got, in your pocket. I got the sense that he was doing it as they were closing because they wouldn't notice him do that. No, I got that sense too. And if that's the only thing you don't like, I mean, hey, whatever, right? Jason says, I was excited to see Marty McFly's old enemy Flea show up as the kidnapper. (gasps) Is that why he looked familiar? That's who that is. I knew he looked familiar. We have the best nerds because (laughs) it blew my mind right now. Oh, holy crap. He didn't age at all. He looks exactly like Flea from the, the 80s. Um, okay. Well, Ugh. also, um, I would like to note that I found out that Liam Neeson is in Star Wars. <laughs> that blew her mind when she, she was like, why does he look familiar? Uh, last thing about Kenobi, right when it started, it, the, the first episode, it said recap. And I'm like, what the hell? What are they going to recap? And then they proceeded to recap the prequels, and I loved every second. They made the prequels really exciting. Yeah. And that's where <laughs> Liam Neeson is. He's not in Obi-Wan. He's in, right. the, in the recap. Uh, all right. Move on. Peter. Are you just going to hang around listening to this? What else is your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man going to do in his downtime? <laughs> I just wanted to close out the show today with a movie that I think Robbins Williams fans should watch. It's a documentary. So basically, it's an intimate portrait of the beloved actor and comedian Robin Williams examining his final days and what really happened. Here's the thing about this documentary. It's not shot well. Sorry, filmmakers. I'm. It's very rough. It's very much like some indie. Like a new, you know, they just went out and got these interviews. Didn't really try to light it or set up beautiful shots, or whatever. But yet, I was still so drawn in because of his wife is in it. His neighbors are in it. His, his friends are in it. Like the last director who worked with him, Night Museum Three, Sean Levy. Sean Levy. Yes. All these people are talking about Robin in these last moments, and I learned things that like. I was always under the impression that he committed suicide because of depression, and it turns out that it was not. It was a disease he had. I don't know if I wrote down the name, but it's basically a form of Alzheimer's, I think, or a form of dementia. It started to mess with his brain to the point where he wasn't himself anymore. And apparently in at Museum 3, he was really fighting through it and trying to give, you know, like, the, the whole— One thing Sean Levy, the director, said was that— there was over 200 people on that cast and crew, and no one ever said anything about what they saw going on. They kept oh. the respect for him. Louis Body Dementia? That sounds right, yeah. That's so sad and beautiful uh, in it that was, they respected him so much yeah. and loved him so much. So if you're a fan of Robin Williams, I can't recommend it enough. I, I, it, was, it was heartbreaking. I mean, by the end of it, I was just crying. Um, it's also terrifying to think as humans, like what we can go through. It just like you can be one way and then all of a sudden you're not. I you're mean, not you. Look and at Bruce Willis right now struggling. Yeah, it's yeah. Probably, uh, if you guys don't understand the gravity of Robin Williams, like my mother, mm-hmm. Jennifer Page, mm-hmm. is very like reserved. I had never seen her cry over a celebrity death in my life before Robin Williams and then Alan Rickman. So. Go watch it. Yeah. They were tops of my list to work with, and it's very sad. Um, Mm. There's lots of stories from behind the scenes of both family and friends and those who work with him again, and that's what I think is one of the other interesting things is getting to see sort of his process. Um, They had some clips from on his TV show that I loved, the one with Sarah Michelle Gellar, which I can't remember the name of right now. Um, So here's my final thought on it. 
that Robin impacted millions of people on a global basis, like global, right? And basically the whole documentary, what they talk about is like all he ever wanted to do was help people be less afraid and to laugh. Oh. It's so good. You're tearing up right now I again. I am. Oh. I, I just adored it. Okay. That's it. It's over. Honestly, Ron, do you expect them to be here all day? That's this week's show. And on a high note, <laughs> join us next week. We're going to share all of our thoughts on the latest season of Stranger Things that was released yesterday. So you have oh. one week to watch we it and come join week, the guys. conversation. One week. Before we go, if you like our show, please share it with three friends you think would like it. Uh-huh. You can find us on socials at AgenPageFilm and at Jedi John Curtis. And you can check out all things nerd by visiting nerdcoupleshow.com. Thank you to our show producer, Harleen Quinzel. Music by Chris Edgar. Opening animation by Jesse Yang. Show transitions by Steve Richardson. Character voices by Lilia Simington and Heath Harper. And thank you, our live audience and our listeners. You are what makes this so fun. Until next week, keep embracing the nerd that you love and all that makes them weird and dumb. (laughs) Bye. You've been listening to The Nerd Couple Show. If you're having fun nerding out with us, please subscribe to Apple Podcasts. Rate and review as it helps others find the show, which helps us keep delivering fun content. We're also on all of your other favorite podcast apps. Nerd out all week with us on YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. You can find us on all socials at Nerd Couple Show. We want to hear from you. Send your questions and topics you think we should cover to nerdcoupleshow at gmail.com and check out our merch shop with original Nerd Couple Show designs. Visit thenerdcoupleshow.com to find all the ways you can get into the conversation, including our private Facebook community where all nerds are welcome. Thank you again for being on this hero's journey with us. Because you know how to love me like